Hello, I'm Keith, and this is my dad, Kerwin. Welcome back to Father and Son, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us on Father and Son once again. First, we want to say thank you to all of you following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for those listening to us on our favorite streaming service. And a big thank you to our YouTube subscribers. This past week, we exceeded 300 subscribers. So we just want to acknowledge that. And that is a huge milestone for us. And we thank all of you. It means a lot to us. So thank you again to everyone who's been following or listening to our, our, our podcast. This is a special episode, and we're going to devote it to discussing John Williams. On February 8th, 2022, in a few months, composer John Williams will turn 90 years old. We want to devote a few episodes between now and February, speaking with musicians, teachers, and fans to celebrate his work and discuss his legacy and impact on Star Wars and the film community. We're going to start with our interview with Katie Langer. Katie Langer is a wife, mother of two boys, and the music teacher at the Gulf Elementary School in Upper Marion, Pennsylvania. As an overall fan of art and music, she fell in love with the cello at the age of seven and has been playing and loving music ever since. Katie holds undergraduate and graduate degrees from the University of Delaware in music education with a focus on early childhood music and the parallels of language and music acquisition. Katie's passion is creating inclusive educational environments where every student is valued and welcome. Katie Langer, welcome to Father and Son of Star Wars Podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank (laughs) you, Keith. We, Keith and I love the music of Star Wars. And when we spoke about, you know, doing this, uh, devoting our time to talk about John Williams, you know, we were trying to come up with some guests that we wanted to invite on the show and you were the first person on our list that we wanted to interview. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> so thank you. I do. I love his music. I really do. It, it, um, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. Sure. Thank you. So it's just thank you again for taking time to speak with us. Yep, of course. So, uh, Ms. Langer, did you grow up in Pennsylvania? I did. I grew up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Um, and then I moved to Delaware when I went to school. And I lived there for about 10 years. And then I moved to New Jersey um, and back to Pennsylvania. Here I am. I wanted to raise my boys uh, close to my family. So that's why we ended up here. Uh, you fell in love with the cello at the age of seven. Was it your decision to play cello? I did. It was. Uh, in the third grade, we had an assembly come to our school. And they played all of the string instruments. And they said that the bass was the dad. The cello was the mom, the viola was the brother, and the violin was the sister. And I've always wanted to be a mom. <laughs> so I said, you know what? The cello's the mommy of the string family. I'm going to pick the cello. And no one else in my school played the cello. Uh, so I wanted to be different. And um, I remember taking the paper home and talking to my parents about it. And um, then I listened to the cello and it really... Um, 
it really resonated with me, the sound of the cello. And I've been playing ever since, and I love it. Uh, are your parents or other family members musicians? My um, father played the clarinet, and my mother was a singer, is a singer. I say was. She actually got... Um, in a car accident that kind of destroyed her vocal cords. So she can't really sing anymore. Um, but when she was younger, she was a wonderful singer and, um, growing up in high school and college, she sang. Um, so yeah, we, um, appreciate music. Um, we all love music. My older sister, then when I decided to play the cello, so I'm the middle child, my older sister played the viola. And then my younger sister decided to play the violin. So we had viola, cello, and violin all in the family. Um, and then we kind of played together. So that was really fun. You know, my friend plays the clarinet and I play the flute. It's in did my you play the flute? Yes. I did not know that. That's this year. Yeah. I started. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, the flute is a beautiful sound. That's a great instrument. I think this is about the seventh or eighth week I've had it. Wonderful. Did you put the, the flute together yet? Or are you just doing yeah. the head joint? You did? I put it together already. Wow. Awesome. We have lots of songs we play. That's great. Good for you, Keith. That's wonderful. Um, when you were growing up, what type of music did you like listening to? When I was growing up, um, <clears throat> boy, I loved classical music. Um, into high school and college, I started listening to much more worship uh, type music that I, I, that's my favorite music to listen to now is worship music. Um, but yeah, mostly classical and kind of things you found on the, on the radio. Although I don't listen to the radio much anymore, but when I was younger, I did. <laughs> yeah. My mom played classical music. I, I listened to the Carmen opera a lot. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. You know, I never took to opera. I always kind of went to the, well, I know that's not opera, but um, more of the instrumental side of things um, as opposed to like vocal music and things like that, but which is a lot of John Williams is all instrumental music, right? Yep. And one more question. When you attended music school, which composers and their work were you required to study? Oh my. Um, so playing the cello, um, we had to do kind of a little bit of everything. Um, and if you become, if you want to be a music teacher, you have to learn to play all of the instruments. So in my methods classes, um, I learned to play a little bit kind of beginner level of all of the instruments. Um, but let's see on the cello, what were some of the big ones I played? Um, Dvorak I played. Um, that was one of the big ones. Yeah. You know, you know, you want to know something funny about music, Keith, almost all the songs are called concerto number something by <laughs> the composer. So I, all I remember is concerto number, concerto number. And I played a lot of concertos, but I don't remember who the composers were. So sorry, that doesn't really answer your question, but no, that's fine. No, kind of all blended together. I don't no. know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but. So the majority of the time that you spent in music school, you were studying just classical music? Did you study other types so of- I actually, So when I went to Delaware, I studied music education. So cello was kind of not at the forefront. It wasn't like I was studying a degree in performance. 
So I really took to the education side of it and the early childhood side. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And let's talk about John Williams. Um, you are a Star Wars fan. I believe you are a Star Wars fan. Your family follows Star Wars. How were you introduced to John Williams music? Sure. So I'm going to be honest. It wasn't, um, I didn't really watch much of Star Wars or know much about Star Wars until I met my husband in college. And my husband's a huge Star Wars fan. Um, and now with my two boys, it's a staple in our house. Um, I think what I love most about the music from Star Wars and all of John Williams' music, quite honestly, is that you don't need to be watching. You're right, Keith. You don't need to be watching Star Wars to feel his the movie, to, to, to see that. You, I don't need to be physically watching it. I can listen to it and the movie is playing in my head. Um, and I think that kind of goes with all of his John Williams film scores, Harry Potter and Jurassic Park, um, even E.T., you know, you can kind of picture what's happening um, while you're listening to it. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I started collecting John Williams soundtrack when I was 11. The okay. first soundtrack I collected was Superman. Um, I, I went to see Superman, the movie in the theaters, I was 10 years old and I loved it. And what I loved about it was, I don't know if you've seen Superman. Um, not, not the original, original. Yes, this, so this is the Superman that came out in 1978 mm -hmm. and John Williams was the composer. And the opening credits of the movie, it was something I, I, I've never seen before. And it just took me away. And then throughout the the film, you know, the the cues that he, that he played, you know, the, the love theme, and the heroic theme, it, I just left that movie feeling so happy, you know, because it was about a hero, you know, doing good things and had an upbeat ending. And I love the soundtrack. And then one day I was in the department store with my mom and I saw the soundtrack and I asked my mother to, to get me the soundtrack. So that was my first John Williams soundtrack. So, and then I've had other soundtracks after that. And you're right, you don't need to see the film to understand what's going on because music is almost like a storyteller, you know? Yeah. And with E.T., and that was one of the soundtracks I also bought, um, I would just go in, you know, I had it all on, you know, vinyl and put on my headphones and I would close my eyes because I've seen, most of the time I've seen the film before I bought the soundtrack. And what I would do is just put on my headphones and close my eyes and I can just, I, in, my, in my visuals, I can just retell the entire yeah. film just by listening to his music. I knew exactly what was happening at that cue, when it happened, how it happened. So yeah, it's, it's just like, it just takes you away. Yes. You're, you're not even there at the moment. You're just yep. involved in, in, the, in the music. Yeah, and Keith, have you ever heard of the term light motif? Sort of. Sort of, so a light, so John Williams, and that this is what you're talking about, Kerwin. The light motif is a reoccurring theme that's associated with a specific person or a specific character, uh, the theme that's associated with an idea or with a situation, right? So like Williams film. establishes these themes and you can immediately picture the character or picture the situation or idea in your head, right? So if you're, even with the most recent Star Wars movies, the leitmotifs of the force or Princess Leia or Darth Vader can bring you back to not only those earlier moments in the film, but like you were saying, Kerwin, those earlier moments in our lives. And that, 
I mean, that not that the power of music? And that's what excites me so much about music is that you don't need to know how to play it. You just need to know how to feel. And that John Williams music makes you feel. And that's what I love so much. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yes, you're right. And the life motif, uh, light motif. Uh, John Williams is very good with that, with giving each character his own sound, like the Yoda theme, you know, would be Yoda's light motif or a Princess Leia's theme or the Imperial March. Exactly. Yeah, that Imperial March is just whatever yeah. you hear that. You know, Vader's coming. Exactly. Yes. yes exactly. Love it. And then what he does, like, for example, The Empire Strikes Back, I was listening to uh, a podcast years ago, and the host of the podcast actually counted the number of times the, the Imperial March was played in The Empire Strikes Back. And I think he came up with a number like 40 times, but it was played various ways, you know, it was played fast, it was played slow, depending on what was happening on the screen. So you can have that, that same, like you said, that thread. Um, play throughout the music you won't hear it the same way but it's going to be it's going to be heard differently but each way is heard it, it doesn't sound like I'm tired of hearing this this Darth Vader theme it's never like that because it's, he just has a variation of how he uses the the theme the the uh the Imperial March theme yep which is exactly. great fantastic exactly yes do you have a favorite John Williams score or concert work um I love listening to the theme from Jurassic Park. Mm. I, that really, uh, that music, like we were talking about feeling that music, I just feel like I can lay outside on the grass, look up at the sky and just relax. I, I love it. It's a beautiful yeah. um, sound. I also am partial to and uh, the, all that little Harry Potter uh, themes. Um, but I think, again, my boys love Harry Potter and it's, it, it takes me back to when they first, we, we, we read, you know, when we read the books together or um, it takes me back to that moment. So Harry Potter, um, John Williams wrote a really kind of comical, um, oh no, the name is escaping me, a cello concerto, a young person's guide to the cello. So it's a play off of uh, Benjamin Britten's young person's guide to the orchestra. Mm. And it starts off with just all the open strings of the cello. And it is a kind of a play on how that's how you start. And then you start learning different notes and then you learn the harmonics. Um, so that one is interesting, like to look at the composition, not necessarily, it doesn't like take me to a place, you know but it's a, it's a really cool one to listen to. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard that one. I would like to get some more information on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some good YouTube videos um, on it, but it's just kind of a silly little, you know, it's, it's recent, 2000 something, but it's recent, yeah. When you were going to music school, were there any uh, John Williams compositions that you needed to practice? And um, what were you taught to play as far as a John Williams comp composition? So I, I don't know, you might not like the answer, but none. <laughs> it really wasn't. It really, um, you know, some of my friends who were composition majors um, really studied his work and you could tell because their, their work kind of reflected his, um, but in the music ed world, that wasn't really my focus. Got it. It wasn't until I personally discovered his music 
um, that I dug deeper in into it. Right. Okay. You know, if you ever, if you ever look on, I'm looking at my other screen here. If you ever look on Spotify and you just type in John Williams and you start just like clicking through, he has a sound, mm -hmm. right? He kind of has a, um, something that my students and I notice when we listen to him is he really loves that French horn. <laughs> Do you know anyone that plays the French horn, Keith? I don't either. No. French horn is a really hard instrument to learn wow. because you need to use your hand inside the horn and your embouchure um, to change the pitches. And a lot of John Williams, his themes um, are horn heavy. <laughs> That's true. So if you, yeah, if you listen to your Star Wars stuff and kind of start, you start noticing that like, oh yeah, there's more horn, more horns, more horns. So, so, so you're John Williams learning about John Williams was actually just based on you just going to the movies and listening to the soundtrack and then, you know, loving some of the soundtrack or. Yeah. It wasn't a formal thing at all. Exactly. It was okay. kind of all on my own, but like, you know, you hear, you hear the music in the film and you, that sparks something in you and you just do your own research on it. And that's kind of, yeah. Nice. And even I, I, one of the big ones too, have you ever watched home alone, uh, Keith? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love the music. I'm we watch alone. it every year. Yes. Yeah. So do we yeah. on repeat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. I would say outside of the, the, the star Wars films, the star mm -hmm. Wars soundtracks at home alone will probably be one of my top five John Williams scores. Yeah, yeah, we like that. Mm -hmm. and, you know, going back to Jurassic Park, Keith has not yet seen Jurassic Park. I want to watch it today. Well, maybe this weekend, but you know, I've been trying to get you to watch it. I, you know, I don't know. I think there's a hesitancy, but you know, you're ready to watch it. Yeah. Okay. And the music is really yeah, good. It's Keith. beautiful. And he's also not seen E.T. So we're hoping to, to watch that as well. E.T. Yeah. is a little scarier in my opinion. <laughs> That, yeah, that's the reason why I have not shown it to him. Yeah. It's scary at the beginning. Yes. Um, but then it. How is it scary? Yeah, well, I don't want to tell you to. You know, we don't want to give it away. You have an alien coming from out of space down to Earth. So that would be a little bit scary if you Isn't saw that someone. Creepy? It's cool. Okay, well, maybe he. <laughs> I wonder so he, you go, you're like, ready for it. All right, then, then okay, then E.T. Is, is, is for you. I think you'll like that. Wouldn't it be awesome to have an alien for a friend? Yeah. That's exactly and then I can just walk into school like, yeah, I'll take one of those breakfast bags, please. <laughs> and and bring, then the alien is going to be like. You're going to bring the alien in with you? <laughs> Keith, I smell a new story for you to write. Keith and the alien. Why not? And the Keith, the alien, and the breakfast bag. So like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. <laughs> the Keith, exactly. the alien, and the breakfast bag. Right. And the alien would eat the same type of food as you eat. You know, he'll just follow you around, shadow you around in school. Don't know yet. Okay. But it sounds like a good idea for a story. Okay. You can. All right. Okay. So did you know early on that she wanted to become a music teacher? Uh, funny story. I did not like music class in elementary school. Um, I, so the answer is no, <laughs> uh, but my cello teacher in third grade is um, really what made me fall in love uh, with music. And to be honest, Keith, music and learning the cello, um, I have a lot of learning disabilities, including dyslexia. So I'm dyslexic. 
And it was always very, very hard for me to read and to read music. Do you know what dyslexic is when you kind of switch letters? So when I read music, yep, my notes actually switch. So it, it was very hard and for me to learn, Hmm. Um, but I didn't give up because I knew that I, I loved, I loved it so much. Um, But my third grade music teacher, like I said, just made me fall in love um, with music. And then in high school, I was actually the um, music librarian for my music teacher. And I helped her kind of organize. It's funny because now that I'm a teacher, I see that she just needed help organizing the music. (laughs) But back in high school, I was like, oh, the music librarian. Um, And I started organizing her music and going through and listening and reading the scores. And that made me again, think, wow, I think I really want to share my love of music with kids. So I guess in high school is when I decided that I wanted to be a music teacher. Um, And I tell that story to my kiddos at golf that, you know, you may not like music class, um, but we can all, you know, because I I, I didn't when I was in music, but we can all be respectful and as humans and, uh, (laughs) and we all, it may not be the same kind of music, but music makes people feel right. And music can bring people together. So. And uh, how early should a child play an instrument? Mm. Well, I have had kiddos as early as age four start. I've also had um, adults start and it is definitely easier to learn an instrument when the younger you are. Um, around that age, maybe five, five or six. It all depends on the child, how mature they are. Um, but your brain, your music aptitude does not finish filling up until age nine. So think of, of like your brain having some cups and every, uh, every time you hear music, this is kind of how we learn language and how we learn music. Every time you hear music, your cup gets filled. Every time you hear a different type of music, your cup gets filled. And that cup fills and it kind of stops around age nine. So people can have, um, their cup cannot be very full um, and they can still learn music and do a lot with it or their cup can be very full and they can um, do a lot with it or, or not. But I would say between the ages of five and seven or eight is, is when you should really start. So how old are you, Keith? Uh, 10. 10. Okay. All right. You're good. You're still in that nine window. (laughs) And it's fun, right? You like going to music. And you know what? Even I've had grownups start uh, the cello or start the piano. And um, the only reason I say it's harder for grownups to start is because grownups don't like making mistakes. Mm. And they know what it's really supposed to sound like and it frustrates them a lot. Um, but kiddos are really good at learning from their mistakes. And I think that's a, it's a really good thing. So that's the only reason why it's harder for grownups. Really? Kids just love learning. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> the music program at Gulf Elementary is inclusive to all students, including children with special needs. How does your teaching style differ working with neurotypical students versus students with special needs? Uh, would it be odd if I said not a lot? It doesn't really change. <laughs> I really feel 
What was that, Keith? That's a good thing. I guess so. Yeah. You know, I, I really feel that um, the musical arts are a core to life, right? And, and everyone deserves the opportunity to not only listen to music, but to explore it and to explore its creation. And that looks different for everyone because we're all different, right? And that's awesome. Um, I really believe that students with disabilities, they can, they experience joy, right? They experience love and, and these emotions just like everyone else. And I think it's um, important to, you know, not take, not take that for granted and to give them the opportunities to feel that joy and that love. Um, I have an adaptive music class that's separate from my regular music class so that I really can um, cater to their needs and get on their level and just sing and play the ukulele. I play ukulele, play ukulele for them. And, um, oh, I hear that giggle, giggle in the background, Maceo. Uh, yeah, it's really just all about joy and that that feeling that that anyone can feel joy, right? Yes. Any, anyone can feel that. So my my teaching style doesn't really really change. Wow. Wow, this has been beautiful. This is we, we can tell that you're very passionate with music and it started at a very early age and you're passing that down to to others. So, you know, you know, teaching is a uh, 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 is a career that's very important and uh, we are so glad to have you in our community and we are glad to have you with us on this podcast so thank you so much it's been an honor to speak with you Katie yes thank you for having me I cannot wait to listen to it I've been listening and watching your YouTube uh, videos for a while now so it's gonna be weird to see me on it <laughs> <laughs> oh well this is this has been a treat thank you this is an honor thank you again Okay, so where can people find you on, on uh, social media? Sure, so I have a Twitter handle. It's called at Mrs. Langer's Music. Um, and I post daily about the uh, things happening at the Gulf, um, Gulf Elementary School in our music room. So you can find me there. Thank you. Thank you again. All right, where can people find us, Keith? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible. Did I say? I think I said Spotify. Mm -hmm. So yeah, or wherever you get your podcasts, right. we are actually now on Odyssey, apparently. Nice. Okay, yeah. right. we're everywhere. We can be found everywhere. Okay, and again, don't everywhere forget to subscribe. You go. Yes. You can't escape it. Can't escape. <laughs> Once again, we are on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, this is very important to us, again, talking about the music of Star Wars and celebrating John Williams. Um, so there will be other episodes that we're going to put together between now and February. Katie, once again, thank you for being our first guest on this special edition of uh, Father and Son of Star Wars podcast. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. It looks like we got a guest coming on. All right. You want to say? Do I see my Maceo? You see him. Are you? All right. Let's say right here. Stand, stand right here and say bye-bye, Mrs. Langer. Say bye-bye, Mrs. Langer. Okay. All right. So take care, everyone, and we will see you again. Bye-bye.